It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We have a weekend series on tap. The Reds and the Rockies coming in hot. Not really going after anything, but we're going after baseball pride, baby. That's right. We got a three-game set coming up this weekend in Cincinnati. So we are getting together. Locked on Reds and Locked on Rockies. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Locked on Reds and Locked on Rockies. We are both part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Day. Thanks for making us your first listen. I already said that. Paul Holden joins me. He is the host of the Locked On Rockies podcast, and I am Jeff Carr, host of Locked On Reds. Both of us are just complete addicts for some reason of these two teams, <laughs> of which we will attempt to articulate over the next 29 ish minutes, something like that. But, uh, Paul, when we look at this series, what is your. First thought, your first, like, as the Rockies come into Cincinnati, are you guys just like, all right, are we going to, like, sweep this thing or what? Uh, It's a break, honestly. The Rockies go from playing the Mets into the Braves, both of which in the thick of a playoff race. The Mets and the Braves, both teams uh, licking their chops uh, at the opportunity for the Rockies, not only to come uh, to play the Rockies, but play the Rockies in their own home stadium. No course field shenanigans they got to deal with there. And the Rockies did end up seeing both Scherzer and DeGrom in that series against the Mets. And then the Rockies, it doesn't get any easier than playing against the Braves. Uh, and, and so I'm, that's kind of one thing. I think the Rockies are going to kind of be like, Phew, and kind of hopefully want to end this road trip on, on, on a higher note because, uh, Met series didn't go all, go all that well. The Rockies did have an opportunity to split that series, but uh, some late classic situation with the Rockies. Bullpen doesn't get the job done. The Rockies blow a game late, even though they fight back, get back into a game. And uh, so far against the Braves, they got another game uh, coming up while uh, when we re- while we're recording this. But uh, they they they're gone one and one. So I, I think they're coming into this Rockies or this Red series hoping to uh, get a nice series win on the road. Conversely, the Reds are coming off a series with the Cardinals in which they had a chance to actually take two out of three, but the wonderful 13-inning affair on Wednesday night, they literally pitched everyone in their bullpen except for one dude, Joe Kunal. He was the only guy who did not pitch in this game. And in fact, one of the probable starters for the Rockies series, Chase Anderson, pitched at the end of the game. He was the reason that the Cardinals ended up winning. So I'm curious to see how that unfolds the reds just sent hunter green on a rehab assignment uh today so he's not going to be ready for this series but he's going to be ready here soon and you've got nick Ladolo, you've got um justin dunn i i don't think i i don't know if the days match up if dunn's going to start on sunday or not or how that works but the, the pitching staff has been in flux with lots of injuries and Sort of, you know, I, I kind of juggle it like, you know, six, one half dozen, the other where it comes, okay, injuries, but are we really just managing these young dudes innings 
this year. And I think it's a little bit of both, but uh, I'm looking forward to see that. The lineup is getting interesting. We just called up Spencer Steer, number six prospect, depending on which uh, ranking system you look at for uh, the Reds farm system. And he's a dude that's been hitting well in AAA. So it's time to see what he can do in the major. It's not a sink or swim type scenario, but he should be playing every day. And hopefully we will see him in all three games in this series with the Rockies, which leads me to my next point. Who is going to be the dude of the weekend for the Rockies? Because uh, I might have teased mine already, but I'll let you go first. Uh, I think it's going to be Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers has quietly become the best second baseman in all of baseball, and I mean that. I, I think that uh, people that have followed the Rockies or have seen it at all might get distracted by the fact that he was abysmal to start the season. Sub-100 batting average, couldn't get a hit to save his life, but now he leads all of the, the entire league in hits he's an elite defender he is going to be the rockies next true superstar uh that that's coming up real soon i think if he can put together a full season there's no reason why he shouldn't be an all-star next year and be the superstar caliber player that the rockies are looking for obviously they have some names that kind of give you that superstar or star uh twinkle in your eye i guess if you will allow my my uh, right on the nose pun there uh but yeah we we talked pre-show chris bryant not i chris bryant's not going to play the rest of the year shouldn't play the rest of the mm -hmm. year there's no reason with all the injuries you've had with chris bryant don't have him play anymore this year have him become healthy have him be ready for next year we'll see what that actually means to know truly what it means to have Chris Bryant in the lineup. We've saw two small stints with Chris Bryant. We saw the Rockies start the year off great with Chris Bryant, a team that does go on the road and scores runs and wins games on the road. We saw another stretch with them where they were the Rockies. They were fine. They weren't anything great. The offense wasn't necessarily as clutch. So I think it's up for the Rockies to get production from someone like a Brendan Rodgers, as well as production from your Ryan McMahon. Ryan McMahon has, is continues to be incredibly streaky has a nice little hit streak can put some stuff together but then strikes out three times in a game and uh he, he was supposed to i mean he is an elite defender he won't win the gold glove this year i thought he was gonna uh, going to uh he's still someone that can provide some great defense but names that people don't know to watch for the rockies there's two young prospects for the rockies right now getting playing time and uh since being called up a couple days ago michael 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 Tolia has been playing. He's the Rockies. Uh, some the people are saying the best first baseman the Rockies have had since Todd Helton. That is the projections for Tolia. And if you are familiar with the Rockies, that is not a thing you can talk around uh, yeah. uh, lightly. The Rockies' uh, first number ever retired. I think a no doubt Hall of Famer. Um, arguably one of the best first basemen that I've ever seen play the game. Todd Helton actually back in the organization and in spring training specifically to work with Tolia uh, uh, over there at first base. And if the Rockies are going to bring in Mr. Rocky specifically to work with you, you are going to be uh, uh, someone that's very important to the organization and something to watch with him strikes out a lot. He's a young guy. This is his first trip up to the majors, but he did just get his first major league home run and hitting the ball over the yard uh, over the wall is what he does. Had a three home run game before getting called up to the Rockies uh, as well. So he is uh, someone that's going to be watching whether he playing first base. They had him in right field, I believe as well. So he might be there real young guy. That's that's making his debut and is a highly touted Rockies prospect. He's 
someone watch. And Ailerice Montero. Montero comes to the Rockies from the Nolan trade. This is the first prospect that we're seeing from the Nolan Arenado trade uh, to, to make it to this big level. And he it was frustrating before he would get called up. He would not play. And then when he did play, he didn't have enough consistency and he wasn't doing that. And so he went up and down and up and down and he wasn't getting the playing time. The Rockies go ahead and give him consistent playing time. What does he do? Gets hits in multiple games, bats over 300 and is actually looking like a really, really, really exciting player. Uh, so he's he's hit the ball over the wall. He's come up in big and clutch situations. We are finally, I think, going, I think if Montero, we'll see how next year goes when I would imagine he's He's going to be on the roster next year. He's going to be uh, – I don't know what that role is necessarily going to look like right away. I have a my I have a feeling that Jose Iglesias goes to a different team. We might see a Ryan McMahon shift to shortstop. Montero plays third. Rodgers at second. And then because Crone's still at first. There's your, uh, Montero can play first. Rockies do give Crone the multi-year. They also have totally up here as well. So they have to find that piece to make sure they're playing Montero because not only is he an important prospect with a lot of history there that people want to see, he has been performing as well. So those would be the four names uh, to watch uh, for the Rockies, I would say, in this one. I'm looking forward to seeing McMahon because I feel like every time the Reds face McMahon, he just goes off absolutely loses his mind and then yeah Brendan Rodgers has definitely had a, a good year I have I'm curious about a guy because there was a guy who absolutely murdered the Reds the last time that the Reds and Rockies played uh, last season and uh, we're gonna get into that I'm also gonna give you who I think the dude of the weekend for the Reds is going to be that's coming up here in just a moment but first I wanted to ask you do you think it's okay to drive stoned what's the worst that can happen you end up driving below the speed limit that's no big deal right wrong the truth is your reaction time slows way down when you're high you not only put yourself in danger but everyone around you talk about a buzzkill stop kidding yourself it's not okay to drive high if you've been using marijuana in any form do not get behind the wheel if you feel different you drive different drive high get a DUI. Thanks again for making Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Rockies our crossover here, getting you set for the weekend series between our two teams. Your first listen, make sure you can follow us on Twitter as you see our handles. If you're watching here on YouTube, if you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, you can follow Paul at PaulHolden33, and you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. All right, so Paul gave you the dude, a couple of dudes of the weekend for the Rockies and some guys to watch out for. The dude of the weekend for me is between two guys, for the Reds, and they're both hitters. Uh, the first one is Jonathan India. He's currently on a 14-game hitting streak, and he is showing why he's showing like the heart. I, I've said this the past couple of days, the heart of a star when it comes to baseball. You look at his numbers, you're not impressed, and you shouldn't be. This has been a rough year for him. He's dealt with a lot of injuries. He's missed a lot of time, and when he was healthy, it, it, it's like it almost took him a, a bunch of time just to ramp up to get where he is. Now, during these 14 games, he has been hitting like the Jonathan India we expected. Slugging percentage over 400, on-base percentage slightly over 400. I don't necessarily know if I expected you know, a season-long on-base percentage over 400, but still, like much better than where he was. He was hitting like right around the Mendoza line for a long time. And now he's showing his quality there at the top of the lineup. Can he continue that hit streak this weekend at home? 
against the Rockies pitching staff? Maybe. I know that Kyle Freeland has been uh, kind of a thorn in the side whenever the Reds tend to face him. And then you look at the rest of the guys this weekend. It's going to be interesting to see because outside of Jonathan India, this lineup has shown very little bite. And that's a huge reason why they ended up losing to the Cardinals in that series finale. They kept getting guys on base and they just couldn't get him in. There was no, there was never enough hits to go around. So how does Jonathan India set the table, especially with that hitting streak uh, on the line? The other guy that I'm looking at is the guy they just called up and that's Spencer Steer. He's the easy answer for me this weekend. And some folks are probably just like, Oh boy, you're taking the easy way out. But he is. When you look at him at the plate, in AAA, he is a great contact hitter, a little bit more Donovan Solano than he is like a power guy. You're not looking for a ton of home runs, but you're going to see line drives. You're going to see power to all fields when it comes to those line drives. And, and hopefully we're getting some extra bases and we're talking about run production because this lineup hasn't had it over the last couple of weeks. It just kind of comes in random forms, whether you're talking about homers from TJ Friedel, who had a ridiculous August, or you're talking about about random home runs from guys playing catcher for the Reds, whether it's Austin Romine or Chucky Robinson. Uh, it's just lots of hit or miss, uh, pun intended, uh, spots in this lineup. And then when you look at the pitching, Luis Sessa starts the first game. He started the year in the bullpen, and he's starting out of necessity because with all of the injuries and, and trades that the Reds did at the deadline, they just didn't have enough starters. So they were like, okay, well, in lieu of telling everybody they're going to have a bullpen day, they start a bullpen day with Luis Sessa. Now, he did go four innings in his last start, but honestly, I think that's his ceiling. I, I would be surprised if we saw a Luis Sessa start where he goes more than four innings. Uh, that That's really the most that you can hope for. But also on the other side of that coin is the fact that this bullpen just threw everybody at the Cardinals two days ago. And what are you going to get out of that? So I, I wonder how this first game is going to go with Freeland on the mound. Herman Marquez, I know that he's had a little bit of a down year uh, based on what he typically likes to do, but I know that the Reds always struggle against him. So that's going to be interesting to see if he can get right in the only other ballpark that I think is uh, unfriendly to pitcher or more unfriendly to pitchers than Coors Field. And he's going up against Nick Lodolo on Saturday. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Nick Lodolo has been the best Reds rookie pitcher. Um, I think there's an argument to be had between him and Graham Ashcraft, but if you would have told me that in April, I'd have said, well, what about Hunter Green? But Hunter Green's just, you know, it's it's been an up-and-down year for him. So it's Nick Lodolo, and I can't wait to see what he does for his next start because if there's anyone on this team that's appointment viewing, it's him. Mm -hmm. So as far as the weekend goes, those are my dudes. But I got a question for you. Because All a right. dude who worked the Reds the last time we saw us, Jonathan Daza, what happened to him? You know, Daz is an interesting case. It's just a – I think he's another example of a player that I think he he's still interesting and will still play a factor, but can burn so bright. He has such a uh, – he has such high potential. He can really hit. He can swing the ball well. He's fast. But uh, shoulder injury takes him out. Uh, okay. He makes a, a nice dive. When Before he was injured, he was still playing in the roster – uh, and in the lineup just about every single day. He cooled off from, from what he was doing with his hitting before, but he was still taking a nice approach and continued to show that he had a spot on the team, especially at the point where at the beginning of this year, Daza was probably one of your first people 
uh, to be to be on the list of not on the team anymore. But a shoulder injury off a, a, an acrobatic diving catch, he dislocates his shoulder, does a little more damage uh, than than we thought there. Has sidelined him and, and hasn't gotten him back in the lineup. So I don't think you're going to see Jonathan Daza in this series. It has been a little bit. Since Daza's played, Daza's not played uh, since August the 11th. So that's one thing there uh, for him. He's still technically on the IL right now as well. So, you know, I, I, I still think he is something to feel good about as a Rockies fan, uh, someone that's it's kind of surprising. You have a little more confidence in him than some of the other uh, the prospects, quote-unquote, uh, that the Rockies have for their their outfield um, but uh, yeah, really, the the thing is, uh, uh, just to cool off on the offense. But but injury has been the main reason why he has not been in lately. But as I mentioned, he might he was great against the Reds, and he earned from the abyss basically the end of 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 chances uh, a spot here, which which I think is a, a major improvement for him. I, I'm not necessarily sold. Is he what I think is an elite center fielder? Is he the best? Of the, in the biz, no, but he plays a fine center field. He's fast, and I do like his approach at the plate. I just uh, center field is so important for the Rockies. I, I talk to some people, and they they point they tell me that center field is the most important position at Coors Field. You need to have someone that can play elite defense to cover all that ground and has the speed to do so, who also can hit because you want them to be an offensive threat. The Rockies need Mookie Betts, essentially, is really what they is what is what they're looking for. And and sure. I think that might be an unfair comparison. I just don't when I watch Jonathan Daza, I'm excited for what can a breakout, but can it fizzle out to just pretty good player like we saw maybe with connor joe this year who's also been dealing with injuries both good players both fine players great approaches at the plate but not necessarily breaking out into that elite superstar role I, but uh if healthy i'd rather see daza in center field than than some of the other options for the rockies this year uh, but we it's it's interesting it, uh, it with 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 daza for sure it makes sense because I've been looking through the stats and stuff here recently, and I was like, "Why? Why am I not seeing it?" But that makes sense. I mean, you dislocate your side. You were describing it, and that made my shoulder hurt. Yeah, I mean, he had to have someone help. I mean, he came up. They had to like put it back in. They had to do some stuff. So it definitely was. I mean, it was a tumble that he took. So, uh, I you know, it's just one of those things where the Rockies are probably going to why why rush anybody back from any sort of injury right now? There's just no reason to do that, especially when. You want to see what what with call ups here being here, you know, at this 100%. time, one hundred percent, and that's something that has at least intrigued me about the Reds here recently is that it does seem like guys are playing through injuries, playing hurt, and there's different degrees of that. I, I feel like obviously there's an admiration there. I think from us fans of just like, ah, oh, man, look at him; he's just doing the work. He's putting it in. He's not feeling his best, but he's going out there and he's doing the thing. And then there's some other guys where it's just like, is he is he gonna is this gonna like hurt him long term? Like, are we like damaging his long term prospects? Because if that's the case, you should get him out of there. And kind of like, I mean, even more so than the Rockies, the Reds aren't playing for anything. I mean, they're just hoping to avoid a hundred losses. And even if they do that, I don't even necessarily know that we're gonna feel that much better about the season. So uh, there's a lot of a lot of wondering there when it comes to different. Uh, guys playing hurt and things like that. I'll tell you what, though, because I got a question. I want you to lead this off here in just a moment. But uh, when we look at the weekend, 
there's there's two questions that um, I want to answer here coming up in just a moment. The first question is, what is your uh, concern? your biggest concern for the weekend for the Rockies, and I'll give you my biggest concern for the Reds. And then moving forward, because it feels like these two teams, I I think it was something that we had said, one of our last crossovers, we said that these two teams kind of feel similar, Mm -hmm. but I I, I think we're pushing back the Reds' prospects to about 2024, 2025, something like that. I think the Rockies are in a little bit better spot, and um, at least we'll, we'll get into that conversation here in just a moment. But I want to thank you again for making Locked On Reds and Locked On Rockies uh, your first listen here of the day, this crossover episode coming at you. All right, Paul, concerns for this weekend. What do you have? Uh, the biggest concern of the year. Honestly, there's two. And, and it's another thing you mentioned. You tease about similarities. I think the Rockies and Reds continue to share some stuff where the Rockies have more thump in the lineup than the Reds do. I think as constructed, the Rockies have the same type of lineup, but a classic situation of can't score with runners at scoring position. It's the Rockies have been have not been clutch, especially on the road. They have been of some late and some interesting situations. They played a little bit better, but something that has been an issue uh, all year long for the Rockies is an inability to score with runners in scoring position and a lack of the long ball. Like the Rockies to hit the ball out of the yard here in a place that's not hard to hit the ball out and a pitching staff that isn't going to dominate you, especially since you've gone through the ringer now, Mets into into Braves. Now with the Reds, you should be in a mindset, especially because when you look at the score of the Rockies, they played these teams kind of close. There hasn't been really any blowouts from the Braves or the Mets. You you have to go back to the Rangers last game against the Rockies where the Rockies really got blown out. But that leads me into my next issue. My, my biggest concern, my honestly, now I'm ready to call it the biggest disappointment of the 2020 campaign, 2022 campaign for Colorado Rockies. It's the starting rotation. The entire Rockies starting rotation has regressed this year. They bring in a new pitching coach. He was the bullpen coach for the Rockies. And another example of the Rockies going, staying within house. I don't get the joy of saying, oh, this guy comes from the Pirates organization or the Mariners or any of this. No, no, no. You have to be within apparently rules for promotions and getting jobs with the Rockies is you have to work for the Rockies first and then you get a bullpen. Scott Frost should be fired. I, I yeah. the, the Rockies need to clean out the, the the hitting is one thing. I think that the they might they they have they aren't in, in the worst shape as hitting. They need to hit the ball out of the yard more, like I said. But you cannot come in here and be confident in the direction of your team when you have when your foundation, what you really believed in was this rotation. You re-signed and extended Herman Senza Freeland. And you trade it. The big piece of this package was Austin Gomber, who uh, isn't in the rotation anymore. He's in the bullpen, and they traded Nolan Arenado for him. Uh, so when your foundation is these players and they are so important to your success, if the Rockies rotation is good, the Rockies are good. There's just no argument about that. Even with shaky bullpens, the reason, a big reason why the Rockies made it to the playoffs, not just because they had great defense in a field in the team was their starting rotation was good enough to win close games and that's not the case this year herman marquez last start dominant the best start that herman marquez has had all season long what we've been looking for that classic lots of strikeouts he's got the high velocity but throughout most of this year you're watching him pipe center cut and i mean these are you and me jeff are hitting these (laughs) balls for long distance and the rockies have had an issue with that across 
the board. The starting rotation has been such a disappointment because I believe that Herman and Freeland and Senza, and I, I like Gomber out of the bullpen more. I, I don't think the Rockies should have a really buy into Chad Cool and Jose Reina and Ryan Feltner hasn't been great. I mean, in those three guys, though, I have confidence. But really, to circle it all, one of the biggest mistakes for the Rockies this year was not re-signing John Gray. There's just literally zero reason for John Gray not to be pitching for the Rockies this year. He's one of the Rangers' best pitchers. He's better than statistically, I think, before he went on the IL. It might have changed. But statistically, before he was on the IL, he was better than the entire Rockies rotation. He was, (laughs) by war and by other, on, on, on baseball reference, he was a better pitcher than the any starter. It doesn't matter who you picked. John Gray was better than has been better than them this year. John Gray has been flirted with elite in at, at some stages, like he normally does. So the 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 thing I'm watching and worried for this weekend, as I have been this whole year, has been the starting rotation because boy, when they're off, they are getting shelled. I mean, mm-hmm. it's solid con. It, it's. The Rockies have a philosophy of pitch to contact. That's a big part of what they do. But contact, when it's center cut in the middle and it goes over the wall, doesn't matter who you have on defense, you're not going to stop it there. So my my big, big concern for the weekend, as it's been for the bit, is the starting rotation. Right. That's like the whole deal about Babbitt, right? Like, okay, you can have a high Babbitt, but if it's going over the wall, who cares? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and, and that's and everyone has high home run rates. Everyone is down in strikeouts. Everyone is seeing more walks. Like, there's just absolutely no reason to keep Scott Frost as a pitching coach. You can't sit there and say you have confidence to develop some of your arms too and be a draft and develop team when your mm-hmm. entire rotation regresses. It's not just one. It's not just Herman having a bad year. Every single starter, with the exception of Chad Cool, it has regressed. And Chad Cool has regressed tremendously from his hot start. He hasn't been able to pitch an entire year of, of really good baseball. He's honestly not been great or really good in, his, in, in most of his starts in the second half of the season. Also with dealing with some injuries there. But it just it reminds you, and it's a gut punch when you listen. And, I, and my fans, I, and I say it all the time. Bud Black goes on MLB radio and he tells everyone that this isn't playoff caliber rotation when the Rockies are bottom ranked across so many pitching stats. It's right. I'm so tired of front office people from the Rockies. I, I don't really mind a lot of the players and pieces that the Rockies have actually, but it's the philosophy. It's the mindset. It's the viewpoint from within this organization of what this team is to sit there and say, you're a playoff caliber rotation and you're excited to bring back Chad cool and Jose Arena who haven't been that good. It just blows my mind when you're in the same division as the Dodgers. You want to see a right. playoff rotation? It's the Dodgers. <laughs> it's the Padres. I mean, those are the teams that you and you see them all the time. Uh, so that's that's really my one of my big issues and, and things I'm looking for. That's man. I'm telling you, every time we talk, it feels like Reds Rockies like right there that's what i mean we're very similar like everyone's (laughs) mad at the reds uh, reds fans everyone most people are mad at the rockies i think i mean to be the only team to do nothing at the trade the one thing i can say the reds at least are making moves it sucks 
that the Mariners are now the Cincinnati West. I like watching them over here because I'm out here in Washington and they've been great contributors. And I knew when the Rock when the Mariners made those trades, I mean, I have been around Reds enough knowing like those are good players. I mean, those are awesome. I was also running the boards uh, the day, well, I think it was Winker, whoever uh, said, holy shit, <laughs> as I uh, catch myself here as well uh, on air. Um, and I mean, those are great players, but at least the Reds, I know that they said, where are you going to go? And they really stepped on the hearts and souls of fans. I completely disagree with what they did, but at least you can see the Reds making moves. The Rockies, mm. the team that is now 20 games, at least 20 games below 500 and has lost the division for the 30th straight year, who was eliminated on August 28th. They didn't do a single trade. Not a single trade. When you have all these things that you can see, there's just no point right now for the Rockies. Blow it up. Yep. Get They want to be a draft and develop team, but they won't trade anyone for draft picks. You're going to sit here and tell me no one wanted CJ Crone and, and Jose Iglesias at the deadline? No way. They definitely would have been into it. And Daniel Bard yeah. as well. I mean, I, I it's a weird thing. It's like, yes, the Rockies, they bring these players and they bounce back. And I, and I love a bounce back story. I love that Daniel Bard has gotten a multi-year deal. He's pitched with the Rockies after being out of baseball for so long. It's really cool. I'm glad that people can come here. But I'm also a Rockies fan, and God, gosh darn it, I want them to make good, knowledgeable baseball moves. And doing nothing at the deadline when you're when when your rivals are getting Juan Sotos and and doing those type of deals, I mean that just shows you the philosophy and the mindsets, the the difference in in, in there. And I think that's one thing the Reds have an advantage of. They were willing to swallow the pill and and trade away big name pieces because really what was the point of having winker and suarez and 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 uh um, i can't believe i'm drawing a blank on the picture right now castillo uh there yeah exactly uh without it or or, or right now it's the same philosophy with the rockies what is the point of having these players that are performing when you are not in the thick of it you put that perfect i don't even know how to follow that up like that's no that was i mean that's beautiful like the way that the Rockies run their organization and how it's it's nice to be positive, but you're right. Like looking up at the Dodgers and the Padres, like you know, positivity is only going to get you so far. At the end of the day, you got to put together a good team. And the Reds yeah, are the but same. It, way. Does it really matter when the seat when the stadium's full? Right. I mean, I mean, think about it. The the, the Rockies don't deal with attendance issues. The Rockies, any come on, they rolled out the red carpet for. The tone deafness of saying St. Louis, come on in, let's throw you a big party. We What's up, Nolan? Party. Welcome back, dude. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> are yeah. you guys aware? You do know that us real Rockies fans are still really mad. Like, I mean, I Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina, all-time greats, Hall of Famers. Right. Yes, but it's the Rockies. What? What's the point? Who cares? You played them like division years. rivals. Yeah. <laughs> So like division rivals. Yeah, like and that was the thing. Like the Reds did a nice ceremony for Albert Pujols before the game yesterday. And I got it. I was just like, yes, we're division rivals. We saw them a lot throughout their careers, him and Yadier Molina. And I even went through some statistics that, you know, Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols are better at Great American Ballpark than some current Reds on the roster who have been here for multiple years. Uh, but it's it's yeah, it's things like that where it's like let's understand where we are, right? Like the Reds want to be where the Cardinals are. The Rockies want to be where the Dodgers are, but they try to do it 
other than the way that those two teams do it. Like the Dodgers and the Cardinals have done it the same way for a decade or longer in some cases. And the Reds and the Rockies are just like, yeah, we know, we, we know what we're doing. We know, we know how to get there. And like, you look back on the, on the past seasons, you're like, do you though? Like, yeah. uh, <clears throat> where, where, where have we been? You know, you talk about where we're going to go. Where have we been? We haven't been anywhere. <laughs> so let's get this figured out. Let's see what they're doing. Emulate that and roll with it because I I'm just, I'm with you. It's, it's tiring to see two teams, but Hey, We'll get to enjoy some baseball together because, boy, oh, boy, one of these two teams got to win. That's true. Someone's got to win, and it's going to feel good for one of us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think that that's perfect. That's where we're going to end today's uh, crossover episode. Thank you all so much. If you've uh, just watched us for the first time or just listened to us for the first time, make sure that you're subscribed. If you're a Rockies fan, Paul's got you covered each and every day on Lockdown Rockies. I got you covered each and every day on Lockdown Reds. My co-host, Stephen Offenbaker, will be back with me next week. As we look at the first weekend of Spencer Steer and see exactly what happened in this Rockies Red series, that <sighs> sounds like um, magic of the weekend. It's the yeah. highlight marquee matchup. As I tell, as I tell my uh, tell the listeners of Lockdown Reds every so often, maybe you should take the over. I know that <laughs> I got burned on that on Wednesday. I get burned on that a lot, but my goodness, there there could be some run scoring this weekend. Definitely. Absolutely, that's that. Take that bet. That's the one I would take. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.